Praise God. You can go ahead this uh, morning where you are. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, online. Thank you for joining us on the social media platforms that are available. We appreciate you here uh, this morning. We've come together uh, for this men's discipleship. And, you know, as men, we need to hear the word of God. As men, we need to get together and, and allow God to motivate us, to stir us, to build our faith for, uh, as an example, to our families and to our workplace, where we are, you go to school, wherever you are throughout the day, it's important uh, as men that we uh, set the pace for our families. And we know that our wives uh, also and uh, our, our children, uh, as they serve God, they see us and uh, they're encouraged. And so that's so important. And uh, I know that uh, no matter what uh, we have to stand and face in this world, that God will be with us uh, Amen. You know, I, I read a, um, a cartoon of Dennis the Menace, and uh, I'm not sure if he's that popular anymore, but um, it's a, a cartoon about Dennis the Menace coming home, and he's pushes through the door of his house, and he uh, has this huge black eye, and his head is spinning around, and, and uh, uh, what happened is he got in a fight at school in the playground. And so as he came in, he said to his mother, he said, I think my guardian angel took the day off. You know, I think sometimes we can feel like Dennis the menace. In other words, how do we react when we feel that God has taken the day off in our lives? Those times when it seems that, where is God during this time of crisis? Where is God during this time where uh, I'm struggling and maybe fear is beginning to take over in my life? So important that we understand the world can be a risky place at times. We know that, and that's true. And uh, it can be shaky at times. We understand that. It's a hard place to live in at times. And we know that Satan, the devil, wants us to think that we have to be governed by that fear, and uh, that, uh, that fear seems to be giving us a spiritual black eye. But the devil is a liar today. The father of all lies, that's what the word of God says about him. He's a liar, and God's word gives us the key to being able to overcome fear, Give us, gives us the key to be able to conquer those uh, battles that we face, especially during times like these, when it seems that fear has gripped the lives of people in all parts of the world, in every aspect of society. And so what I have this morning for you in my sermon entitled, Do Not Be Afraid, But Stand Firm. And uh, it's so important that we understand uh, how God wants us not to be afraid, but to stand firm in his word. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and uh, verses 14 through 17 is the story of uh, the men of God standing uh, against uh, a vast army of uh, the opposition of the enemy. And uh, there they are facing this battle. They're facing uncertainty. And I'm sure that there are a little bit of, there's a little bit of fear that's gripping their life. And in verse 15, I love what the scripture says as God begins to encourage 
the men of God, begins to encourage the people of God. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 15, it says, Be not afraid, nor discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but it is God's. You see, this is God speaking to you and I when it seems that we're being overwhelmed with uncertainty and possibly fear. Listen, 385 times in the King James Version of the Bible, the word fear is mentioned. 62 times in the Word of God, fear not is mentioned. We understand that there is, in, the, in, in 62 times it says that, what that means is that fear not is mentioned almost every second of every minute. Think about that. Fear not. 62 times. And I'll tell you what, if we repeat that throughout our day, fear not, in a minute, every time, I guarantee you, we'll have the victory. We will be blessed. We will overcome whatever the devil wants to throw at us. See, God speaks to us over and over again in his word about defeating fear, not allowing fear to rule our lives, to control our lives and our destinies. Too many people today are ruled and controlled by fear. It's gripped their spirit. I have some examples of fear not. Isaiah chapter 41 and in verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. That's what God says. We believe the word of God. We believe that God's word is faithful and is true. In Isaiah chapter 41, again, in verse 13. Fear not, for I will help you. Wow. God says, don't be afraid because I'm with you. And then he says, don't be afraid because I'm going to help you. What do you need helping in your life today? What, what area of your life do you need, desperately need for God to get involved in? He says, I am going to help you. Isaiah 43 and in verse 1, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Praise God. We belong to God. We are his children. He's called us by name. Praise the Lord. We are part of the family of God. And God will protect us. God will surround us and will help us to defeat all kinds of, no matter what it is, of fear and opposition that wants to destroy our lives. See, the point is that fear will never conquer the enemy. And fear will never change our circumstances. We know that. Fear is not going to change things. Fear is not going to conquer the enemy. There's a quote that says, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. When we put up with fear, when we tolerate fear and allow fear to control our lives, it's going to contaminate our faith. And so we have to make sure as the people of God, as men of God, as Christians, that we don't allow it to contaminate the truth of God's word in our lives. 
And then he goes on and he says, do not be dismayed. God says, don't be dismayed. Right in the middle of the battle, that word dismayed literally means don't be stressed out. Too many stressed people today. We see them stressing out in lines at Costco, at Ralph's, at Vons, at, at, at a drugstore, you know, and, and they're stressing out every, everywhere to try and get in. And God, as, as Christians, we should not be stressed about those things. I understand practicality that needs need to be met. But I tell you, who's going to meet our needs? It's going to be God when we put our faith in him who's going to meet our needs. Again, in verse 10 of Isaiah chapter 41, fear not, for I am with you, and I am your God. He's our God. He's our Father, our heavenly Father in Isaiah chapter 49. And in verse 23, then when you understand these things, when you apply God's word to your lives and stand in faith, you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will never be disappointed. I like that. When you put your hope in Christ, he'll never let you down. Have you ever been let down? Have you ever been disappointed by someone? I guarantee you we all have been in that basket at one time or another. But when you put your hope in God, God says, I will not disappoint you. I will come through. I will be there. I am faithful. I'm not ruled uh, by the weather, by the shadows of the, of the clouds, uh, but I am consistent. And I will be there to be with you. So what does that tell you and I here this morning? The takeaway, the bottom line is that the battle isn't yours. The battle isn't mine. And that's what verse 15 says. For the battle isn't yours, God says, but it's mine. You know, he's like that big brother when, when, when the bully in the school wants to come and pick on you. And you have that big brother. And you say, okay, you come after me. Guess who else you're going to have to put up with? And here comes this six foot eight brute your big brother and the guy looks and says you know what it's all good we'll talk about this at another time see that's the way God is when we allow him to be our big brother to, to fight our battles we're never going to lose a battle we'll always be on the winning side you see Israel was at war with the Philistines and uh, here's the story of them being frozen by fear because of a giant, because of a monster named Goliath. David wasn't going to allow that fear to rule his life, to control his destiny, but he put his confidence in God. And I love the words that he says. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 47. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is 
the Lord's and he, who, he, not me, not them, but he, God, will give you into our hands for the battle is the Lord. And we know the story. He has faith in God. He has confidence in God, the Father. He charges the monster, Goliath, the giant. He's running. He pulls out a smooth stone from his bag, puts it in his slingshot, and the Bible says slings it, and it sinks into the giant's forehead. I mean, it just doesn't ricochet. It sinks in. Boom. God just gave it that extra oomph. And the giant, we understand, falls dead. And then we read that doesn't stop there. But David goes over to the giant, gets his own sword, and he chops off his head. How gory is that? I mean, you know, picture that. And he cuts off the head of the monster of that Philistine giant. Why did he do that? Because he wanted Israel to see that this monster, this giant of fear that was paralyzing the people of God was no longer going to exist. And that's the same way with you and I. If you feel like you're paralyzed by fear, you feel like you're paralyzed by that monster of unbelief or doubt, uh, let me tell you what you need to do. Do what David did. Cut it off uh, from your life, uh, and I guarantee you, you will stand in victory knowing uh, that there is no monster, no giant, no mountain that we're going to have to face that God cannot help us conquer. Think about Gideon. In the book of Judges, chapter 6, as he's standing there and God calls him, he's hiding behind a wine press. And he's the least of all in his tribe. And God calls him out and said, Gideon, mighty man of valor. And Gideon wonders, uh, he can't be talking to me because I'm scared and I'm hiding. He's afraid. He's bound by fear. And Israel is taken over by the enemy, the Midianites. And in verse 15, God speaks. I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. Gideon says, but I'm the least in my family. We're outnumbered. We're weak. And God said, that doesn't matter because I'm going to be the one who's going to destroy the enemy. You just do your part. See, God just wants us to do our part. He wants us to be faithful to him, to put our trust in him. And when we do that, he does his part. He defeats the enemy and the giants in our lives. And we know that Gideon's army of 300, by the time he was, he was going to go into battle, was able to defeat an army of over 15,000. How could that happen? I'll tell you how. 
we serve a supernatural God, a God who's not bound by the natural things of this world or understanding, because he says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Uh, he says, I will be there and defeat the enemy in your life. And if he did it for David, he did it for uh, Gideon, I guarantee you, he's going to do it for you and I here today. So the next time de the devil says to you that you're too weak like he did uh, with Gideon, you don't have enough money, you're too sick, you're not strong enough, you don't have what it takes, uh, look at the devil and say, you know what, just get behind me because it's not my fight, it's my God's fight and you've already lost the battle because I'm standing in your word. First John chapter 4. And verse 4, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater. Let me say that again. The one that is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. But it doesn't stop there. He goes on and says, they are from the world. It, those things uh, that are bothering you, that are causing you to fear, that are disturbing you, that are stressing you out, are from the world. And therefore, speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. And he says, but that's not who you are. He said, I am your father, I am your God, so listen to me, listen to my promises, put your faith in me, and I will cause you to have victory and overcome. And then, what the word says to us is that we need to not only allow God to fight our battles, but to position ourselves and stand firm. Take your position. Take your place. Where's your place? With God. On the side of God. And uh, stand firm. Set yourself, it says there in verse 17. You see, in our story, Israel defeats the enemy without lifting a weapon. How does that happen? It happens when, we, when we're obedient to Christ. It happens when we put our faith in, in Christ. It happens uh, when we take our positions as Christians in a world filled with darkness and stand firm and not be swayed by what the world says, but have our confidence in uh, the word of God. They were positioned where God wanted them to be. And without lifting a weapon, God defeats the enemy because they did not run from the battle. You see, when we stand firm, when we take our place on the front lines of the battle as men of God, and we stand firm on his word and his, on his promises, God intervenes and he brings the victory and that 
We should stand if we want victory because if we run from the battle and we leave the fight, you leave your position, you'll never be able to taste the victory that God wanted you to experience. You'll never be able to taste the revival, the destiny that God has for you. Had David ran with the rest of Israel, when David stood and shook in fear with rest, the rest of Israel, he would never have entered into his destiny. But he rose up and he stood firm and he took his position and he defeated the enemy through the power of God. I think of Moses at the Red Sea in Exodus chapter 14. The, Moses, the people are looking and they're wondering how are we going to get across this thing? The enemy is behind us. Pharaoh's chasing us down. We're all going to die. How many have ever felt like that? The world's coming to an end and we're all going to die. There's no more toilet paper. What are we going to do? Moses answers the people, do not be afraid, but stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord and he will bring it to you today. The Egyptians see you, to, uh, you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you need only to be still. Stand still and see the deliverance of the Lord. When you are in your position as a child of God, when you take your place and you do not surrender where you are, I guarantee you God will give you the victory. He will part that Red Sea, whatever that means to you here today, that difficulty, that impossibility, the enemy is hot on your heels. It don't matter because God is a miracle worker. God is almighty, and you'll never, as he told uh, uh, Israel, you're not going to see those Egyptians anymore. He took care of them. He buried them in the sea of, of, of destruction there like he will do for our enemies. Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Stand firm, and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm. Are you standing firm this morning? In a world that is rapidly changing, that foundations are being shaken financially and every other type of foundations that are being shaken, are you still standing firm? Watch God at work. When you do all these things that I just spoke about, watch the hand of God at work. In verse 17 of our text, and see the salvation of the Lord. Miracles will begin to happen. God will begin working on your behalf. We won't have to talk about the old days, what God did for Moses and David uh, and for, for Gideon uh, and so on and so forth. But we can stand here today, 2020, and say, this is what God is doing for us right now. We're seeing the hand of God at work in our families, our marriages, uh, our, our, our schools, wherever it is, uh, God is at work in our lives. Why? Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. 
God's promises, faithful to his word. And what he says he will do, he will do it. And so he tells them, tomorrow, go out against the enemy. For the Lord will be with you. Today is a new day. Tomorrow is another day. It's Sunday. We will be back here again. Pastor Phil Aguilar will be preaching the word of God. He'll be encouraging, motivating, and challenging you to stand in faith according to the word of God. Today, we're here at discipleship, men's discipleship. There may be a few ladies looking in. That's okay because you fight your battles too. You have to deal with your issues too. No problem. That's, that's good. I'm glad that you've joined us. But this morning, stand in faith. Be confident because God is with us. Amen.